it's important when you read the word to understand what it's implying, not, not just to skip over things too, too much. And so we see this, that the work of the, of the prophets, evangelists, shepherds, teachers is to equip the saints. That means that we can be unequipped. Are you, are you with me? We can walk around as believers, as saints in, in, in the kingdom and not be equipped to do the work of the ministry. And so we should be aware of that and we should be cooperating and working ourselves to be equipped to do the work of the ministry, to do the things that God would have us to do. We should be working, because if he says to us that we are working for unity of faith, that there's a possibility of us not having unity of faith. And so we need to work at having sound doctrine so that we're at unity in faith. We need to work at not being swayed by false doctrine, by some charismatic thing or by some cultural thing. You understand there's a lot of times when even in the Christian church we get some saying, some cliche, that if you really look at it, everybody gets real excited and we all clap and cheer when we say it, but if you really look at it, it's not scripturally sound at all. It's not even true. And so we've got to look at being sound in our doctrine if we're going to be mature and walk in maturity, not swayed by false doctrine, but looking at the fullness of the Word of God. What does the whole Scripture say about the issue? Again, it's easy to pull one Scripture out and try to build a doctrine on it without the fullness of Scripture bringing balance to it. And part of this issue then is going on is to, is to learn to speak the truth in love. Some people speak the truth, it's just not very loving. And some people are so loving they don't speak the truth. And the call is to speak the truth in love. Listen, when a child says to his dad because he's mad at his dad, you're a bad dad. You're a bad dad. Remember, I was giving Michael a hard time one day, and he was about four years old. He said, I got the worst dad in the whole world. Or a bad mom. Somebody, when it's a serious issue, we've got to speak the truth in love. Uh, in our home, if one of our kids said something against the other parent, the other parent spoke up and said something about it. Don't talk to your mom that way. Don't say that about your dad. That's not acceptable. See, it's far easier for the person not being attacked. Many times when we're being attacked, we have to be silent. There's times, I want to tell you, there's times in the church in a mature body where as people are coming in and decisions are being made and things are happening, that somebody will attack a pastor or attack leadership, that they just have to be quiet. They can't defend themselves. To defend themselves looks defensive, and 
looks wrong, feels wrong. And what you need at that moment is other people who will step up and defend. You need other people to speak up, not to go along, but who will speak the truth in love. There's been many, many times over the years of being a pastor when I thought, wow, I wish I wasn't the pastor right now. I wish I was just somebody else sitting in this room so I could look and say, you are way out of order. If you got somebody and they're mad at you and they're upset at you and they're telling you how mean you are, you can't look at them as the pastor and say, you're out of order. You've got to try to, no, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just trying to tell you the truth. I'm trying to help you grow. I'm, and you're trying to be sweet and kind. And what, down inside, what really needs to happen is somebody needs to step up and say, brother, sister, you are way out of order. To, to, to talk that way. To talk that way to your mom. Talk that way to your, talk that way to your pastor. Listen, he's telling you the truth. Sadly, what happens sometimes is people go, oh, you poor baby. Well, they got the baby part right. What they need, though, is they need to grow up and mature. And, and so we have to be those voices. We have to learn to be those voices that speak the truth in love. Uh, we've got to be able to say that is not true, that, that that's not right. We have to work at unity. So understand this as we look at maturing. We are looking to be a people equipped. We are working to be a people who, uh, a, a, a people who walk in unity of faith. We are looking to speak the truth in love to one another and to work at unity. Now, now look with me in Ephesians chapter 5 where it says, Therefore, because of that, because of these things, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. Jesus' love was in spite of love. In spite of how we were living, in spite of what we had done, in spite of our response to him, in spite of what we deserve, Jesus loved us. We are to be imitators of Christ. Imitators of God, walking in love as Christ loved us. So that means many times we have to have, in spite of love, towards others in the body of Christ. In spite of what they deserve, in spite of what they're saying, in spite of how they're acting, we love them anyway. We want the best for them. Jesus' love was for your best love. Jesus' love was doing what was in our best interest, not what was in his best interest. And in love, he went to the cross. Can we argue today that for Jesus personally, that was not a great plan? But his love drew him there to do the best for us. He did the best for us. Love took him to the cross. Roman soldiers didn't take him to the cross. The Jewish leaders didn't take him to the cross. He could have got rid of all those guys in a split second. He could have called legions of angels in a moment and been free from what they were doing. 
love took him to the cross. His love for us and his desire for the best for us, knowing that the price had to be paid for us. So if we're going to be imitators of that love, we have to be a people who love others, not out of our interest, not out of what's best for us, but what's best for us in serving them. Not, not in our best, not, in, not as an equal, not as a compromise, but what could he do for us to meet our greatest need? This is an example of maturity. The person who is not demanding for their way. The person who is not expecting everybody to give in to them. But the person who considers others before them. Jesus considered our need before our own. Now think of the arguments that end once believers start acting like that. Think of the spirit of unity that comes. Listen, there is power in unity. You get to take a mom and a dad, and uh, you know, got the dad, and he disciplines the kid, and the kid runs to mom, and she goes, oh, you know, I know dad's hard, and he's rough, and he's tough. You're building disunity. If you think dad's hard, go, go back to the back room with dad and say, you're too hard. Don't say it to Johnny. Because you're building a spirit of rebellion in Johnny. Are you hearing me? What we want to do is we want to speak that truth and we want to we want to build unity and we want to work towards unity together. And part of that is loving people, being patient with people, and the arguments in. Think of the ease of life that begins and the power of unity that comes when we say we are going to be unified around the love of Christ and the word of God. We're going to be unified around it. If, there's a, if we look and say, look, look what, let's, let me give you, for instance, Easter Sunday. We spent a couple of weeks, we talked, we challenged. A lot of you bought in and you brought a friend to church on Easter Sunday. We had three services on Easter Sunday. All three of the services were packed on Easter Sunday. What happened? We acted in unity. We've had families who've now joined our church, are now a part of our church that we trace back to their first Sunday being here, being Easter Sunday. People who got saved on Easter Sunday that weren't saved before Easter Sunday. Praise God. Now, if the church will move that way easily instead of having to be convinced on everything. If we just look and say, yeah, the Word of God says that's true, I'm going to do it. Just think what would happen if the church today, if everybody at the church would just say, you know what, uh, tithing is a scriptural thing. It'd be transformational. It would be absolutely, they're, they're telling us today uh, that 37% of the people who come to church on a given Sunday, 37 people who come every week to church give nothing across America today. Nothing. I'm not talking $10 a week or $15 a week or $20. They give nothing. So all the things that are happening in the church world are happening and 37% of the people aren't doing anything in giving to make that happen. Nothing. 
And they say across evangelical numbers today, less than about 5% of the people actually tithe. Now you think what would happen and what resources would be released into the world today if Christians across America just did what Scripture said. But you got to pull that along. you got to pull it along. And every little step is, it feels like a victory. Instead of, so instead of it being easy, it's hard. It should be easy. You should be able to look at the Word. If the Word says it, do it. That's maturity, right? That's maturity. All right. Ephesians 5.3. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not, be even, must not even be named among you as is proper among the saints. Who gets to name what's sexually immoral? Does President Obama get to name what's sexually immoral? Does Congress get to name it? Do the, do the, the Supreme Court, do they get to name what's moral? No, they don't get a name. We, 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 don't even, we don't get to sit in our family and decide what's moral. God decides what's moral. He's the only one that decides what's moral. And God says these things must not even be named among you. We need to be a moral people. We're called, maturity calls us to be a moral people, to walk in morality, to live a morality. And I'm going to tell you, there are some issues coming our way that's going to make it harder and harder and harder for us to be a, a voice. And we better, be, we better be pure. We're going to need the power of God. Impurity is a hard issue. It's about bitterness. It's about hatred. It's about bigotry. No matter where you stand on all these issues that are going on in America today, there has been a history of bigotry that's led us to this point. And you may sit and say, well, all of the, you may find, and you may look and say, I've looked at every one of them, Pastor, and, and, and every time, the policemen were absolutely right. Maybe they were, maybe they weren't. I don't doubt that there may be some that aren't. But the reason we're at the trust level we're at today is bigotry. Over years and years and years and years of time, and that takes years and years and years to fix. And the church needs to be at the center of that prayer for that to happen. Amen? That gives nobody a freedom to... Go shoot other people, does it? Covetousness. Desire for what others have should be no part of our lives. By that I mean a jealous desire that wants to take from them and take the... This can be influence. This can be position. This can be all kinds of different things that I can covet that another person has. And instead of celebrating what they have, I covet and want it for myself. I, 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 tell my, I told my kids all the time when they were growing up, when one of them would achieve something or do something, I'd say, listen, it's a celebration, not a competition. There's room for everybody to have, to have, have good things in their life. There's room for everybody to be gifted. There's room for everybody to have great talents and great abilities. Find yours. Don't covet somebody else's. Are you with me today? Ephesians 5, 4. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. 
We are supposed to use our mouths to give thanks and encouragement. Sexual innuendo isn't supposed to be there amongst us. Suggestiveness is not supposed to be among us. Foolish talk. Let the Spirit of God convict you on this. Just foolish talk. We're supposed to be a wise people where our words are encouraging and building and when our words get played back or somebody repeats something that we've said, we're not embarrassed by it. Have you ever had that happen to you? Watch our words. This is a step of maturity. Ephesians 5, 6 through 8. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partners with them. For at one time you were in darkness, but now you are in the light. Walk as children of the light. The mature person is careful about what they hear. Now, by that I mean we can't help what somebody says to us. We're careful about weighing out what we hear. We weigh it out. We think about it. Does this seem right? Does it make sense? Like we talked last week, do I need to check with others to see what others have said? I'm not swayed by everything. I'm weighing things out. The mature person doesn't get caught up in empty words and foolishness. He's had students over the years tell me, that teacher hates me or hates, hates kids. And I'd say, yeah, that's why teachers go to school get a teaching degree is because they want to be a teacher and go into schools where they hate kids and make their life miserable. That's why they've done that. You see the kid look at me like, what? I say, see, the truth is they don't really hate kids. They just hate you. (laughs) I I didn't say that. That was just a, get a cheap laugh. Uh, Gossip, slander, divisiveness. I've got to weigh these words out. I've got to sit and say, what is this? What is the end product of this conversation we just had? Have you ever left a conversation and felt a little bit dirty? You know what that is? That's the convicting power of the Holy Spirit telling you you are a part of something you shouldn't have been a part of. You need to go clean that up. Don't leave that mess out there. Go clean it up. Go back and make a few phone calls and say, you know what? I shouldn't have been a part of that conversation. I I just want to apologize. I don't feel that way. That's not the way it is. That's what the mature person does. The mature person doesn't make the mess and leave it for somebody else to clean up. The mature person cleans up their own mess. Is that right? So when I feel dirty, I need to go clean it up. I need to understand that I've weighing out. I I don't want to be a part of these empty words. I don't want to be a, a part of this thing. Was it gossip? I want to go and say, you know what? I've been thinking about, guys, we were just gossiping. That was wrong. We shouldn't be talking like that about other people. That was slanderous. None of us had, none of us have any authority to deal with this. Listen, there's a clear mark of gossip is when you're talking about somebody in a negative way to somebody else who can do nothing about it. I've said this many, many times. If you saw one of my kids doing something wrong and you came to me and said, Pastor, I hate to tell you this, but I saw your kid out and he was doing such and such and you, you probably ought to check it out. That is not gossip. That's not gossip. 
that's trying to protect my kid. If you go to five of your friends and say, I can't believe what the pastor's kid was doing last week. That's gossip, right? Slander is undermining somebody to the point that their, their ability to minister or to be in the position that they are in is destroyed and undermined because I've said slanderous things about them. And it doesn't have to be, you know, great sinful things. You can just sit there and say, yeah, yeah, I, boy, didn't, didn't so-and-so sing so beautifully today? Yeah, well, you know, they're, they're kind of stuck up. You know, they don't talk to anybody. They're kind of really into themselves. You've just slandered them. You haven't, said, you haven't said that they were out doing something immoral, but the next time that person gets up to sing and, and, and to bless other people, what does the person think who's sitting there that doesn't know them? Oh, man, that person's up there singing. They're, they're just all about themselves. They're, they're stuck up. I've heard, I've heard about them. I've heard about them. This is one of the key signs for you to recognize in your life. If you can look at somebody you don't really know and go, I've heard about them. What have you heard? You've heard slander. That's what you've heard. You've taken slander in. Why did you need to hear it? People come to me from time to time and they'll say, oh, pastor, I just want to tell you so-and-so said such and such. Why, whoa, whoa, whoa. Why are you telling me that? I'm going to go talk to him about it. And I'm going to tell him you said it. Is that okay? Oh, no, no, don't bring my name into it. Don't bring my name. Listen, if you don't want your name brought into it, don't take it to somebody else. If somebody brings you something, bring their name into it. It'll teach them a lesson too. It'll teach them a lesson. Slander, get rid of it. Divisiveness. Just, just dividing things and, and separating things and trying to get other people not to do something that, that, is, that is in unity with others to do. Just that divisiveness. I'm never going to do that. I'm not going to be a part. So the leader says, uh, hey, you know, men, come out to the men's prayer breakfast this week. And you go, man, I'm not, I'm not getting up and going to do that. Well, well maybe, you're not. maybe you have a good reason why you're not getting up to do it. But the fact that you're saying it is divisive. Is that right? Hey, we're doing this fundraising thing and we need to raise so much money this year and we need everybody to give some and to, to, to decide what they're going to give. I'm not giving anything. What have you just done? You've been divisive. Maybe you're not called to give anything. That's okay. It's an offering. Seek God. Do what he tells you. But don't divide somebody else out. Don't be divisive. And don't be around somebody who's divisive. Is this good? I, what, I'm, what am I trying? Trying to make the church, if, if a group of people like this inside a church get healthy and will speak the truth in love and when they hear a divisive statement or a slanderous statement or a gossip statement, go, hey, guys, listen, man, I love all of you sitting here, but listen, guys, how do, we do, how, how do you define this besides gossip? Well, a couple things will happen. People will repent and stop doing it. A few people will get mad and not talk to you anymore. That's okay. You won't have to hear their gossip anymore. Amen? So, so, so you know, do the right thing. Protect the kingdom. Ephesians 5, 15. 
Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise but as wise, making the best use of time because the days are evil. Is your time being spent on things that matter or that do not matter? Only you can judge that. Almost anything can be used as something that matters. Listen, you can be a fisherman. You can play golf. You can, you can do almost anything and turn it into something that matters. How? What? You, you take somebody along with you that you're building relationship with, that you want to fill the gap in that we talked about Sunday, and you start spending time with them. And now they love to play golf, you love to play golf, and you're working to build relationship in their life. What, you just turn, you've just turned something you enjoy doing into something that not only do you enjoy it, but it matters. It counts for something. So take these things that God's given you and that you love and make the, make the best use of your time. Don't take them to play golf on Sunday morning. Amen? Take them to church on Sunday morning. Lead the way on Sunday morning. But make the most of your time. Find the strategic reason why God gave you that ability. Why did God give you the personality he's given you, given you the talents he's given you. He wants you to make the most of, the, of your time so that you can use almost anything that isn't sinful can be used for God's glory. But there needs to be intent. This is the walk of the mature. The, when you're a child, you play meaningless games. When you mature, you begin to do things that have intent and purpose so make it something good something healthy and finally tonight we'll wrap up with this Ephesians 5.18 and do not get drunk on, for, with wine for that is debauchery but be filled with the spirit uh, just, just this week one of the pastors of one of the greatest churches in America was fired this weekend he was fired this weekend, and, and even in his statement that I read today that he, he said to the church, he, he talked about this aspect of how social drinking is okay, but it got out of hand in his life. It got out of hand in his life. I, I'm going to tell you, I know a lot of people who think social drinking is okay and all that kind of stuff. I'm not going to tell you that having a, you know, being a social drinker is going to send you to hell. It just may send somebody else to hell. Uh, and, 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 and it can get out of hand really. I just don't need it in my life. I just don't need it in my life. God's breathalyzer is this. Here, here's God's breathalyzer. If it changes your behavior, if it impacts your judgment, if you do it to get what you should get from the Holy Spirit, it has now become an issue of drunkenness. You may not be falling down drunk, but if you're getting your peace that should come from the Holy Spirit out of alcohol, you're replacing the Holy Spirit with something that shouldn't 
you shouldn't be replacing it with. See, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, what does he do? He changes your behavior. He impacts your judgment. He brings peace and confidence and joy. Don't replace him with something that won't help you but will hurt you. Come to him. He will help you and you won't have any of the bad side effects. Amen? So watch this thing. Be, be mature in this issue. Be healthy in this issue. Look at it seriously. You know, I've decided for me and my family, my dad decided for us and our family, this wasn't going to be a part of our life. I've decided for me and my family, this isn't going to be a part of our life. I don't even want to play with the temptation. I don't even want to play with it. So we've decided. I'm not saying that everybody has a glass of wine is going to hell. I'm just telling you, you're playing with something that opens a door that if you don't watch it closely, can reach up and grab a hold of you and bite you like it did this pastor. Great pastor, accomplished a lot of great things. But finally the church said, listen, what you're doing here is wrong and you're done. 19,000 people in this church. You're done. Go get help. Go get help. This is how seductive some of these things can be. And why the, why the world chooses, why we choose to play with them in a day when we need to be a holy people, I, I, I don't understand sometimes. So, we're talking about maturity. Okay, has this been okay today? All right, if you're, if you're mad, you pray for me, you get the Holy Spirit in you, you'll forgive me, you'll love me, and you'll see that I'm right. Amen? Amen. Father, I thank you for your goodness. Father, anything that's of the flesh, let it be forgotten. But Lord, what's of you, let us remember. Let us be a mature body, a healthy body. Let us be a people who work towards unity. Let us be a people who are equipped for ministry. Let us be a people, Father, who walk in the fullness of love and are imitators of you and your Son in all that we do. Let us not be cowards who cower before that which is evil. But let us be full of boldness to speak the truth in love at all times. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, next week we're going to start talking about happiness. So come and be a part of that starting next Wednesday night. God bless you. Go in the name of the Lord and may his joy be in your heart today.